Welcome back to the Home Stretch Property Podcast with Ian McKenzie, where today we're joined by the very lovely Russell Humphrey. Russell, say hello to everyone. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us today, Russell. We really appreciate it. Now, Russell is the founder of the Humphrey Group. Um, so we've got him on today to talk a little bit about recruitment and especially retention um, in property, because it's so important that we're keeping our staff, keeping them happy. But we want to know from the man himself. Yeah, it's a strange it's a strange thing to ask you to talk about, Russell, in terms of retention, because, of course, it's um, it doesn't help your business. But the reality is that you get to talk to candidates and you understand why they're looking to move on. And I know yeah. that you're such a you're such a lovely guy. And of course, you help your your clients hugely all the time. And, and I know we've used you. Uh, and if you could if you could actually get people to retain and be happier and all that sort of thing, it just it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think when we set the Humphrey Group up, everyone, I, I've I've always made this very clear to clients. I don't want us to be a recruitment company just to replace people. Uh, we, we're lucky enough to work with some brilliant companies throughout the UK. So we, we're never struggling for roles. But what, what is very, very important for an estate agent is retention is everything. I'm big on retention because most of our clients we talk to on a daily basis are talking about retention. And you know, the reason we're successful, I believe, is because we take that seriously. So, um, yeah, retention is hugely imp- important. It always has been, but I think more so now with all the cost of living. I think it's yeah. just really important to get it right now. So how long has the Humphrey Group been in business? Yeah, we we uh, opened officially June 2019. Okay, so you just got the beginning of what would be a normal, considered normal landscape before things changed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we, how did you we find that that twenty twenty? Bizarre, strange. Uh, like every client we dealt with was, oh, I, I was totally blasé. By the way, I was like, oh, it'd be done in two, three weeks. It'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> and then it went from operating for sort of eight, nine months, and then all of a sudden, all the conversations I was having with clients was, "Are you okay?" Is your business okay? How are you? You know, because we deal with small independent companies and we also deal with medium size and large. So the conversations I was having were very similar, but just on different scales. Mm -hmm. So it became very evident to me very quickly that who I am as a person, I'm a very caring person. So um, it, it sort of became easy for me at the time to deal with. But obviously from a business point of view, there was some very strange conversations after operating for eight months very successfully. Um, but yeah, I think the caring side really helped our business on where, who we are as a company. Not not just me. I've got a team of people behind us who are just fantastically caring people. So, yeah, very, very strange. Um, so we had COVID happened, obviously changed the landscape. And now we're in that cost of living crisis, which is changing mm. the landscape even more what how how is business at the moment what are you finding that people are coming to you for yeah um cost of living is it's not really talked about but people are coming to us um happy in their roles but possibly not happy with the remuneration side of it or the commission side so i think things change in recruitment quite dramatic you know whether it be pay whether it be bonuses whether it be culture whether it be promotions want to move forward and it seems to have like four things that just seem one minute it's culture 
one one moment is package um so again the advice we give to to candidates is you know don't go and have a conversation with your employer because if you don't go and do that you're going to be involved in a situation with a counter offering so it's really really important you give the right advice to candidates and remember the long term game the the long term game is to look after people so if you if you sort of become a recruiter and just go oh we can get you more money okay we can get you more money but the culture might not be how you want it to be so it's yeah it's definitely it definitely changes on a monthly quarterly basis but right now i believe people are looking for better packages and remunerations for the cost of living so, Ross, um, I've got quite quite a few opinions on this. You'll be shocked to hear. Um, <laughs> we've just left a market that was the hottest market for arguably 35 years, 30 years yep. since 1987, which I was an agent in. And so um, it was a, an, an industry where commission was freer flowing than, it, than you'd argue that it is now. Yep. Um, so retention was key, but people were super busy, et cetera. So is there a change with last year to this year in terms of company expectation has has what's gone to be an employee's market become an employer's market all of a sudden yeah uh, to answer your question yes um if i believe i agree with what you just said ian by the way um i believe the market is tougher yeah i i believe the agents that were possibly riding the wave the last year 18 months yeah uh, will have got used to being reactive not proactive um so a lot of clients we speak to are very they're always looking at their staff anyway as you know whether you're small or big yeah. um but I, to answer your question i find companies are now going we must have the best staff we we can't have you know a, anything apart from brilliant isn't acceptable at the moment so yeah the it seems like it's shifted yeah um which I don't, to be honest, I don't mind either way. But yeah, it's definitely definitely on the employer. For for me, it's a, for me it's a better better market now because um, in back in the day, if there was no um, correlation between overvaluing and giving poor advice to the to the customer and earning commission, uh, as yeah. Rightmove, if you listen to the Grania Gilmore podcast, as um, as I stated then, Rightmove has told us, Dave Anderson, thank you, Dave. The, uh, last year in the height of the market, 82% of homes were selling with the first agent. And now already it's back to the traditional 60% sell with the second agent. So it's more about agency skills versus anything else. Um, I agree. The, the, question, the question I have is, do so poor sales teams, I think, are down to poor leaders, yep. personally, because it's the leader yep. that sets the tone and creates the culture. Do you think that small medium and large agencies behave differently in terms of kpi management targeting their staff making it fun gamification etc yes i think god i'm going back a long time ago now ian when i agree with you any any when i was an estate agent when i was a negotiator i was fed you know i fit fed off my manager who would know how to get the best out of me would yeah. know when he'd need to be tough with me. Um, and I was never offended because I wanted to be brilliant at what I'd done. So it was, I actually, you know, I've worked, I've worked with some brilliant people. So um, all the great people I've worked with have been very motivating. Yeah. Um, and if I've been underperforming for whatever reason, they were very quick to 
get hold of me basically and tell me and and I don't know if we're living in a different world now where it's all yeah I think the point is I think you've got to make estate agencies great so you yeah. you've got it's got to be fun when you go to work yeah um so yeah I I think poor performers sometimes it's very easy for leaders to look at individuals and go that's not working and it's the individual yeah but I was I would I would personally look at the manager and how they're motivating their team first um if you if they've got a great attitude they can be taught anything if they yeah. haven't got a great attitude then I'm I'm the opposite to that skill versus skill and will isn't it if you've got the skill but you haven't got the will you've got nothing if you've got the will then we can teach you the skill absolutely it really is so the keywords that I've picked out about are motivating very motivated. Yeah. Good leaders are very motivating. They make it fun. Um, yeah. And motivation is, of course, different for different people. It isn't all about rah, 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 and let's go, let's go. Sometimes it is a person needs a push in the back, pol politely yeah. and, and appropriately. But some people react differently to different forms of motivation. But the one thing, yeah. we talked about salaries dropping. So uh, back in the day, in, in the 80s, when you became a state agent, it was a well-paid job as a, as a junior. As a negotiator, you could earn some good money and earn some good commission. And it was probably yeah. um, for, an, for a, a, I speak for myself here, a person that had no formal qualifications other than O-levels and, and first-year A-levels, it was probably beyond my capacity from an education perspective. But in, in today's world, because of completion timescales and, and tenants not moving quite so much, et cetera, et cetera, the commission is probably not as free-flowing, although it was last year. It's almost in a, in a world, I don't know if you agree, where you've got to make people feel good about what they're doing to help others. They have to go yeah, home yeah. at the end of the day with a sense of purpose and belonging, almost like nursing. Yeah. And I speak from real experience. My family are, are, are nurses. I don't know if, you, if I'm off track on that. What do you think? I could stand here all day, you know, sit all day talking about how to motivate staff. And um, I can only talk about my past and you know, with my team now, you know, if you spoke to any of our team, you know, with, with firm, but fair, we do loads of things activity wise for people's performance. Um, if someone's underperforming, we look at ourselves first. We, we, you know, have we got the right person looking after them? Do we motivate them in the right way? Is the commission structure right? Um, but I agree in, you know, when I started in a state agency, the basics were much lower and yeah. the commission structure was was much higher. Yeah. If I say this a lot to clients, and they, I don't know if they sometimes think I'm going mad, but I think bringing the stuff that we were really good at ten years ago, twenty years ago, I think they've they've manoeuvred into a higher basic salary, less commission. Yeah. And I think we have to remember is we're dealing with salespeople that like to be motivated by doing a really good service. And I say to a lot of clients, I'd rather have a better better commission structure yeah than a better basic yeah and then you with a salesperson salesperson will understand that so yeah i, I would rather go for higher commission structures yeah and tweaking the basic to make it more motivating for someone to excel um but i think that industry sort of fighting with trying to get more better staff in by showing basic salaries yeah um but I, I think great pe great salespeople will never should will never ever just look at a basic salary. Agreed. And then but, but then behavior doesn't lie, is that they, you know, it's them what they do with their time. Because if they're this 
and people are selling we're all selling our time that when you're employed by somebody you're selling your time for a wage and if you've yep. got a commission element is then what do you do with that how do you then go and generate money for yourself uh, yep. I, i'm flabbergasted by the the amount of times i walk past agents on a saturday and they're just sat around chatting yeah. Whereas for me, a Saturday is the day when they should pick up the bleeding phone. Yeah. And, and I know so I know it's old school and everyone says, oh, Ian, it's not like that now. It's we're, we email and we WhatsApp and we text. Well, I know you do, but I wouldn't because I because <laughs> I couldn't influence people as well as I could yeah. by speaking to them verbally. I, I am into prop tech, obviously, because yeah. uh, the world is moving. But I'm still, you know, when I say old school, picking up the phone and having a conversation with someone is definitely more, better it comes across much better than it does than sending an email. Well, well um, you, and, you and I, case in point, you, whenever there's something going on, you pick up the phone to me and I pick up the phone to you. Same thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Three. What are the three top reasons why when candidates come to talk to you, the three reasons why they're thinking of leaving? Career progression. Yeah. That, that, that can't, that's sometimes not the employer's fault, by the way, because yeah. they could be a one office operation. Yeah. And the person has just possibly outgrown someone who's been there for two, three, four, five years. Yeah. And the manager is the owner. Yeah. And they don't. So, so career progression is one. Yeah. Culture is another where someone, there's always two sides to a story. So someone could come to you and say, I'm not happy for this reason. And some of the reasons we hear as a team, as a, as a, as a company are very, very small things. Um, and we challenge that sometimes and say, look, I, I think you need to go and talk to your boss about that or the owner. And it's like, have you spoken to him? And, the, and, the, and a lot of the answers are no, I haven't. And you're like, well, yeah, he, might, he might not, that person, he or she might not know how you feel. Yeah. Go and talk to them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that which sounds mad, but a couple of years ago when COVID happened, we there was a huge problem within the industry of counter-offering. Okay. So employ employees were getting another job yeah going to the current employer saying i've been offered more money current employer has a decision to make whether they okay you've been offered we're, we're happy for you to go or yeah. we're going to counter offer so n clients of ours were moving forward to try and get right people in so we we kept we dealt with that we deal with that every day now every right. single day to make sure that we're not wasting people's times including yeah. the candidate yeah. So we we there's something on our website, but it, it's basically we challenge it from day one. The first call that happens, we're talking to them about if you get counter offered, how you're going to feel, what you're going to do. So there's a there's a huge education piece. But yeah, I would say career progression. Yeah. Um, culture pay, was number two. Yeah. Culture culture's pay, number yeah. two, and and pay. I would say pay people of cost of living are people are really looking at the finer detail right now. Yeah, I get that. Holly, what have you heard? I've actually heard that you share a lot of the same um, opinions and ideas as a lot of the people we spoke to in series one. So we spoke to Simon Whale about gamification and how important it is to set um, KPIs and make it, like you say, a little bit more fun for salespeople because that's what they do. That's what they're there. That's what they love to do as well is make that commission and earn it. Um, and we also spoke to Tony Morris, like you said, Ian, about will and skill um, yeah. and about picking up the phone as well. I think I want to know when we are talking about retaining staff, obviously you spoke about what the th top three things when why people leave. Is it about 
fixing those things or is it not as simple as that is it like a whole like cultural shift that needs to happen in in these companies or is it working with recruitment companies like yourself and working to to better that well my, my view is uh oh god this word recruitment uh when i set the business up and it, and it is a recruitment company but it's becoming more I don't want to use the word advisory and not quantify that. It's, it's like every client we talk to now, they're wanting to know what's going on. They're wanting to know what the, um, Ian, you, you'll know this yourself. They call you for advice on what's going on. How, how do we see it? How yeah. can we help them? So it's becoming like a bit of advisory and, you know, bouncing ideas off each other. And it's sort of like, whenever I talk to a client now, I forget I'm a recruitment consultant or a recruitment company half of the time because it's about what the client wants. How do we add value to them? But I think all the points we've made are um, they can be fixed if, if you've got an owner wanting to fix it. Yeah. What's happening in the sector, please, around remote working and or hybrid? Yeah. Um, challenging since COVID. Yeah. Companies have been very flexible up to i would say the last three to six months okay companies now are trying to maneuver it back to if they've got an office office based um the mindset of candidates are i want i want, I want more flexibility so a lot of conversations happen with us with clients most days about hours working you know is there any flexibility uh, some companies are very robust on, you know, the larger companies particularly are very much, no, no, this is how we're going to do it. I respect that. You know, they've got a... Yeah. So to ask your question, it's challenging ever since COVID happened to today. I think yeah. it's eased off a little bit, but I, I believe we're in a, a challenging couple of years for the industry yeah. of going, they, companies, ideally, I'd like to say to companies right now, if you can offer flexibility, it will help your business in the long term yeah but i understand it's a short-term culture change so yeah. my my would be to be open for me it comes down to trust do you trust that the individual if they're not in the office is actually working and if you don't if you don't have that trust at, at, well maybe even if you do have that trust i would also recommend as we've done here because we're a, a you know a hybrid company in that i come to part lane two days a week um, my team are remote they're out in the field but we've got kpis and structure in place so that we still see what their output is um and so it is just creating a structural plan in your business so that if if derek or susie is working from home on a monday and, fr and friday then actually have a system that sees how many calls they've made what leads they've generated what the conversion rates are etc cetera, etc cetera, and then get on the phone yeah. to them at the beginning of the day and the end of the day and say right have you have you got on today so yeah I do think that flexibility is needed in the marketplace because other sectors are are offering it. And what we don't want to see is a brain drain coming out of uh, of this of agency because it's a brilliant sector. You can get huge yeah. rewards from it, can't you? Um, yeah. yeah. Financially I think, I think, I think, and personally. We we've done it recently, Ian. We you know we moved to a much bigger office about oh, start of lockdown, uh, which is great timing. Um, but we we've just started doing it now. We've you know we trust our, every member we've got, yeah. and we've been really flexible now. So we we've seen the reward of it. And I was probably a little bit more skeptical than most of all the things you've just mentioned. Yeah. But it's just the systems and processes and 
trusting people yeah. that you've got working with you to empower them basically yeah and feel like they are they are valued so i think it's a challenging a good challenge that we've got coming up so russell you the humphrey group is an award-winning group we saw you at the esters last year picking up your awards you won two awards didn't you best in sector and supplier of the year so i yeah. want to come back for another episode and i want to talk to you a little bit more about that would that be okay of course yeah love to Brilliant. Yeah, I think that's the key takeaway is make sure people feel valued, whether that's financially or, like you say, personally as well. So thank you so much for that, Russell. Let's, like I said, bring you back for another one um, and we'll speak to you soon. Thank you. All right. Take care.